0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org
2: to learn more. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education,
3: offering online master's degrees in elementary education, higher education, and early childhood education. Your master's degree can be earned online in as little as one to two years. More information at education.olemiss.edu.
1: Good morning. It's 8.30. I'm Paul Boger, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, our legislative preview week continues as we talk to House Minority Leader David
2: Beria. Democrats are open to taking a look at improving MAEP. Uh, We can call it whatever we want to call it, but we need to end up with a funding mechanism that's fair uh, for wealthy counties as well as poorer counties and that uh, fully funds public education in the state of Mississippi.
1: Then Captain Johnny Polis of the Highway Patrol says law enforcement will be in full force over the holiday weekend. And Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman urges caution when making year-end donations. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. We continue our week of legislative previews. Today, a conversation with House Minority Leader David Beria. He talks with our Evelina Burnett about not only his hopes as a House of as a leader of House Democrats, but all about the shared concerns of coastal legislators of both parties.
2: Well, I think the um, the, the number one priority for the Gulf Coast is to try to secure as much of re- the BP money as possible uh, back down here on the three coastal counties. And as um, as you know, and, and as people out there listening know, there will most likely be uh, a battle over how much of that money gets brought back down here. I I filed a bill, uh, I think it was last year, could have been the year before, to send uh, 80% of that money back down to the Gulf Coast and create an entity that would be, um, would have members of our local elected officials, Uh, the group of local elected officials would have, you know, banks and uh, folks who uh, do contracting, you know, a, a, a sort of variety of people who knew best how to spend the money to achieve the best long-term result, um, and take the money out of the hands of the legislative appropriation process. I think that's critical, uh, you know, for this pot of money. We have 100. 150- Let's say $110 million left right now of the first $150 million payment. And then we have a stream of payments that total $40 million a year for 17 years. And I think it's imperative that we get as much as we can of this $110 million uh, and, and try to cut a deal to get as much as we can of the future stream of payments. But uh, no deal that we make for future payments... Is going to be etched in stone. We we saw that with the tobacco trust fund, which uh, Governor Barber took to court, and later that money was sent to uh, the legislative appropriation process, and it and it doesn't go for what its intended purpose was. So, so we want to try to protect against that.
4: Well, are there any other issues that that you see as being sort of key this uh, legislative session? Do you, for well, one question is the infrastructure gas tax. Do you feel like? that is actually going to be something that's going to be um, decided or debated this year?
2: Yeah, you know, I don't have anything concrete I can tell you about that. Other than that, the feeling that I've got from talking with my colleagues across the aisle is that there's more interest in trying to work across the aisle this year to, to see a solution to this problem that we have with our crumbling infrastructure. And it's a bad problem in some parts in this state. Uh, you know, there are miles and miles of road and, and uh, many, many bridges that are just unsafe. And schools are having to reroute buses, and it's taking twice as long to get kids to and from school just so they can avoid these unsafe bridges. So we've got to do something about it. It's estimated to cost about $375 million a year, and the rub will be how we pay for it. Uh, I think that you're going to see a proposal from the leadership to simply increase the gas tax or something like that. I I believe that my colleagues and and I personally would prefer a a mix uh, of funding uh, mechanisms so that we don 't increase the burden on mississippi's poor who already pay a higher percentage of their income in taxes uh, for you know and for necessities like gas and groceries and medicine so we don 't want to make their burden greater and and one example that uh, I' provided before is we could combine a a rollback uh, of corporate tax cuts, corporate welfare, if you will, that we've handed out over the past few years with a modest uh, increase in the gas tax, and we could derive enough revenue to fund a program that fixes our crumbling infrastructure. And look, that creates jobs, that attracts industry. You know, industry wants good transportation and good schools. And so that's sort of, that's a good segue into the next big topic, and that is what do we do with uh, our formula for funding public education in Mississippi? Uh, Democrats are open to taking a look at improving MAEP. Uh, We can call it whatever we want to call it, but we need to end up with a funding mechanism that's fair uh, for wealthy counties as well as poorer counties and that uh, fully funds public education in the state of Mississippi. We don't want to turn public education into a voucher program because everybody agrees. There's bipartisan support for the fact that education is the number one priority in the state of Mississippi. And and so that's also my number one priority.
1: House Minority Leader David Berry with MPB's Evelina Burnett. Captain Johnny Polis of the Highway Patrol says law enforcement will be in full force over the holiday weekend. We'll hear from him next. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
5: Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio.
0: I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, the new host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. From exercise and diet to wellness and stress relief, this is the show for you. Email your questions, comments, and show ideas to healthy at mpbonline.org. And listen for me, Dr. Josie Bidwell, on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. Mondays at 11 on MPB Think Radio.
4: In the U.S., we celebrate New Year's Eve, but in Scotland, they celebrate Hogmanay, a holiday more festive than Christmas.
2: It's a day for a party, and... uh... Uh, we'll, We'll be having lots of parties in different parts of Scotland, all over the country, in fact, on Hogman A.
4: That's next time on Here and Now.
2: Today at noon on MPB Think Radio.
1: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Paul Boger. Mississippi Highway Patrol is gearing up for a big holiday weekend. There will be safety checkpoints across the state over the New Year's holiday as officers are looking to remove impaired drivers from the road. Captain Johnny Polis tells MPB's Mark Rigsby preventing traffic crashes and fatalities is the number one priority.
3: Tell our listeners about the New Year's enforcement
6: period. Well, it begins this Saturday, the 31st, at 6 p.m. It will run through Sunday, New Year's Day, and will conclude at midnight Sunday.
3: What's the number one priority for troopers during this enforcement
6: period? Well, of course, to ensure everyone makes it to the destination safely, uh, to remove impaired drivers from the roadway, and just and just basically make the roadway
3: safe. I've heard stories about people approaching a checkpoint and then deciding to turn around and go the other direction. Is that a good idea?
6: No, I would not recommend that because you will see blue lights behind you, and uh, there can be additional charges uh, trying to Uh, avoid a checkpoint and keep in mind whenever that happens, we do not know why this person or persons are trying to avoid the roadblock checkpoint. It could be uh, someone that is wanted and we have this happen all the time. So uh, we highly recommend do not turn around on a safety checkpoint. During these checkpoints on New Year's Eve, for example, what are you looking for? When we conduct a safety checkpoint, uh, we like to let the motoring public know this is a very important tool we use, not only to remove impaired drivers. Which uh, it's New Year's Eve, and you know there's going to be people that are going to make irresponsible decisions when it gets when it comes to getting behind the wheel. But we also use these safety checkpoints to make sure child restraint seats are properly installed, and that everyone in the vehicle is properly restrained. And here again, this this promotes safety on the roadways. During a, a holiday such as
3: this, how often do troopers find people drinking and driving?
6: Well, New Year's Eve here again is is, is a holiday where, unfortunately, people make bad decisions when it comes to drinking alcohol and getting behind the wheel. And that's what we want to avoid. You know, it's, it's we have enough time right now. You have time to make plans to have a sober designated driver in place. This ensures everyone can enjoy the festivities and make it home safely. This also prevents a law enforcement officer of having to make a death notification. We're not saying we don't want everyone to enjoy New Year's Eve. According to the statistics here, there were no traffic
3: fatalities on state roads or interstate highways last
6: year. Is that right? That's correct. In MHP, we patrolled state, federal highways, and the interstate systems. We were very fortunate in 2015 with not having to investigate a crash. That means we did not knock on any family member's door last year. We're hoping we're not going to knock on anyone's door this year. Let's say if they don't have a designated
3: driver, what are the other options for them to get home safely? Well, you have taxis, you have Uber,
6: call a friend, call a family member. I think one of the biggest problems we face as adults, Mark, say, for example, we've been driving for 30, 40 years. Um, mm-hmm. And and we believe that, well, I know what experience I have behind the wheel. I know how my system is. I know exactly how much alcohol I can consume before I go over the legal limit. That is not true. That's absolutely false. People make bad decisions all the time when it comes to that. Metabolism plays a big role in what your blood alcohol level is. It's not worth taking the chance at all. And and that's why we say we have time to have that sober designated driver in place. That way you can enjoy The evening, the night, and know you're going to make it home safely.
3: Let's talk a little bit about
6: what the law says in Mississippi. What's the legal limit? 0.08 is the legal limit in Mississippi. When we go back to the the conversation of when people start consuming alcohol, uh, they might have a limit. Well, I'll only drink one or two. Dangerous decision. You're rolling the dice because you really do not know what your blood alcohol level is. We always say good people make bad decisions every day. And there's nothing more frustrating for a law enforcement officer whenever they arrive at a crash scene and loss of life has occurred and they're putting handcuffs on a person that has a pristine record, has never had any traffic citations, but their their life now has changed. It has changed because loss of life has occurred due to an irresponsible decision they made. Okay, someone has been arrested for DUI. What happens then? Of course, you're brought to the local county jail. You will be booked in. Uh, you'll be allowed to make a call. You have to call a family member, a friend, uh, after bond has been set to uh, to pick you up. What's the normal bond for that charge? It can depend. It depends on what there's other charges uh, but we always like to tell people, you're looking at legal fees from five to $10,000. And a lot of people do not think about that. That needs to be factored in when you're making decisions. Number one, you should always think about the fact that you can take someone's life. But uh, it's it's also very frustrating whenever we have to arrest someone and we know they could possibly lose their job if they if they're employed with a company that their job requires driving they're driving a commercial vehicle or a vehicle any vehicle in general that the company uses to operate well now that employee is is they're not beneficial to the company people lose their jobs because of that let's say you don't lose your job but how are you going to get to work every day when your license are suspended when you're found guilty of a DUI for 90 to 180 days you have to you have to get to work here again a lot of things people do not think about when it comes to being arrested
3: for drunk driving johnny thank you very much for being with us on the program today we do appreciate it
6: well we thank you and we thank mpb for helping us spread the safety message captain johnny polis
1: of the mississippi highway patrol speaking with mpb's mark rigsby Year-end donations are not only a generous tradition among many Mississippians, they are an important tax strategy for some. Next, find out why the Secretary of State says if you're not careful, you could be putting your donation at risk. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
0: I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, the new host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. From exercise and diet to wellness and stress relief, this is the show for you. Email your questions, comments, and show ideas to healthy at mpbonline.org. And listen for me, Dr. Josie Bidwell, on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, Mondays at 11 on MPB Think Radio.
2: Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org.
4: Would you like to show your appreciation for the things in life you're thankful for? One way is to support MPB by donating a car. Running or not, your contribution will benefit our statewide mission. And you can get rid of an unwanted item. The donation is tax deductible. To donate or just to learn more, go to mpbonline.org. At our website, you can find details including tax benefits and same-day service.
1: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Paul Boger. Year-end donations to churches, charities, and other nonprofits are part of Mississippi's tradition of generosity. For many, those contributions are an important tax strategy as well. But Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman says if you're not careful, you could be putting your hard-earned money at risk. He tells our Karen Brown it's important to make sure most of your donation is
5: being spent in actual charitable work well over 65% is the better beer business bureau statistic uh, we like it higher than that uh, and we we cite those on our website if you go to sos.ms.gov gov and go to our charities division. You can look up all charities, and we have over four thousand of them in Mississippi that are registered here.
4: All right, so they have to be registered, and these might be national charities yes. or state-based yes, charities. There are
5: many national char- charities are registered here, in, in addition to the state. Yes.
4: So, if if you find a charity that's asking for money and they're not even on that list, then that should be a big red flag.
5: It should, but because every charity is required to be registered that uh, raises more than twenty-five thousand dollars in the state. So that's that's a big thing uh, for us under, uh, and we exclude individuals that may have had their house burned down and a group of people to get together to raise money for them. Those are not covered like that. But charities that are raising money that are soliciting contributions from you are covered if they raise more than $25,000 here. And you'll find during this part of the year, Mississippians, as you know, are the most giving state in the country. We give more per capita income away than anybody else. And so we get all of these solicitations, you know, all kinds of things that sound great on our, uh, on our patriotic uh, and, our, and our religious and our uh, gift-giving capabilities. You see all of that come in Mississippi. Uh, what I want you to do is give to somebody that actually will get the money. Uh, when you look on our website and you see um, uh, 60 or 70% is done for management, That means only 30 cents of your dollar that you gave them, your hard-earned dollar, actually goes to the charity.
4: What about online solicitations or phone solicitations?
5: Very problematic. And first of all, y'all don't give your credit card out over the phone. Don't do that. I mean, y'all all all know that, but don't do that. They'll they'll have a hundred different reasons why you ought to do that. Maybe even you're getting a refund or something, don't do that. Don't give your credit card information over the phone. Telephone solicitations, you should ask them to send you something. Uh, typically I ask for them to send it in the mail. You don't want to give somebody your email address, and then they try to hack into your emails. You say, okay, that sounds like a great charity. I want to help more veterans or whatever. And so send me something in the mail and give me your mailing address. That, that's a key. I, well, that's well, you got to give right now. They'll not get it. Don't do that. You know, hard sell tactics mean that the money is not going where they say it's going. So just listen and say, I I appreciate the phone call. I've got to go. I've got another line ringing if you just send me something in the mail. Very rarely we find out that you'll ever get anything in the mail because they actually were just scamming you. Once you get your mail solicitation, very easy. You know, if it it says uh, Friends of uh, War Veterans, you can look up on my website. You can very clearly see what it is. And some of those are very good. You know, uh, we have a lot of charities um, community organizations, we get uh, Catholic charities, we get uh, we get a lot of those, I, I guess, at home. And you can pick the ones that you think are, are relevant. Uh, your local churches and, and groups here locally do a great job. Um, and given to your church uh, and, and their organizations that they run, there's a lot of them that run all kinds of different things, uh, inner city things and others. Those are, you know, ones that you know that probably 99 cents of every dollar is going to help a Mississippian. So we, we ask people just use good common sense um on your on your giving um and be be very wary. Don't give your credit card out. Don't be subject to just these hard-sell tactics that they do over the telephone, these telephone solicitations. And then look at look at check your charities when you get something in the mail.
4: Does your office have any way to predict how much money is given by Mississippians, how uh, much is con- contributed?
5: Uh, uh, we do. And uh, the, the revenue re- uh, by, for registered charities – now, remember this is all over – uh, is $126.9 billion raised by charities registered in Mississippi in 2015. That's one year? One year, but those are all registered 4,000 charities ra- raised $126 billion. They didn't re- re- be with a billion. Um, they didn't register all that money from Mississippi. That's just how much they reported to us. Inside the state, it's a little bit harder, but I've seen numbers in the 60 and $80 million raised here. You know, people are significant givers here. And this
4: is the most giving month of the year? It
5: is the most giving month. I think people recognize um, sometimes when we've, we've got soldiers that are overseas. Uh, men and women that are overseas, people are particularly gener- generous to them. The Gary Sinise Foundation builds homes for these veterans that come back. That's one I happen to participate in, homes for veterans that come back here that are wounded and have lost a leg or, or whatever. And so he's very, very, uh, it's a very good group that, that that particular charity does. But you'll see a lot of these now, and and the solicitations pile up on your on your desk and and at home and it's a good time for you to sit down with your spouse and go through there and i, I think you feel better about writing a check uh, to somebody that you think is going to be helpful um our staff at the secretary of state's office always picks these angel off the uh off the angel tree we pick a couple and I go to a Target or Walmart or somewhere and, and fill in one of those. And I tell you, that's the best part of Christmas for us.
4: Any last words of advice?
5: Yeah, I, I think people in Mississippi ha- have a very good reason uh, to be happy with ourselves. Um, when you look back at where we are, we, we struggle and uh, we have education issues that we struggle with. And we have economic issues that we struggle with, but we have such great natural resources and such great things we do. We make cars, we make jet engines, we make, um, send rockets to the moon, uh, we make, build ships. We have the greatest agriculture in the world, a great oil and gas industry. Uh, we enjoy family. Our, our culture, our musical and our art, our know, writing culture is unbelievable. They've got the new thing the CELO agency put out about Mississippi is. Uh, just looks at all of those. We we have reasons, I think, to uh, thank, thank goodness that we are, thank the Lord, we're where we are in Mississippi and that we have the neighbors that we have here. And I think we need to share that. So I hope everybody will share it with someone, either in their religious group or on one of the solicitations that you feel good about. What's the
4: website, one more time?
5: SOS.MS.gov. Secretary of State Delbert Hosman, thank you as always. Good to see you, Karen. Stay tuned
1: to MPB Think Radio for local Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9, it's the Gestalt Gardener. Then at 10, Next Stop, Mississippi. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this or other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB public media app in any mobile store. I'm Paul Boger. Enjoy your New Year celebrations and join us again Tuesday morning at 8.30 30. the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio. David Bowie, Prince, and George Michael all redefined what it meant to be manly.
4: These ideas of gender are these acquired notions. And I think that if you see this person signifying none of it, it kind of blows your mind.
1: I'm Ari Shapiro. How three musicians who died in 2016 changed our perception of masculinity. Later on, All Things Considered from NPR News.
6: Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio.
4: It's Marketplace Tech for